watched a movie last night Yeah, I've never seen this one before Yes, I swear it's brand new And I'm sharing it with you I watched a movie last night And now I'm sharing it with you June 20th, 1974, with a Metacritic score of 92. Jeremy, you and I just watched Chinatown. We sure did. And it's only apparently eight points away from perfection. It is so close to being the perfect movie. This, by the way, is an episode with all the spoilers, the perfect spoilers for Chinatown, just as an FYI. So, Jeremy, let's get into it. All right. Well, in our top five questions about Chinatown, JT, we're just going straight to the end to start us off. So thanks for telling everybody their spoilers, because we're going to talk about the ending right now. (laughs) Now, JT, just to recap a little of our exchanges prepping for our episode is I started watching the movie early in the week, uh, but I had to break it up into a couple of sessions. Midway through, you powered through the whole thing, and then I, I wrapped it all up. You had seen it before, correct? I have. But not for a while. No, it's probably been easily 10 years. All right. For me, if memory serves, I watched this in my high school American film history class. Oh, wow. So that would be literally 30 years ago. I might have seen it once in the five years after that, so early 20s. But it's been a while. Okay. And I remember the ending was dark. Did you Did you remember that too, JT? <laughs> uh I did remember it was dark, yes. Now, my question for you, and, and I'll give you the entries in a moment, but is this the darkest ending of a movie ever? And that's not the formal question, okay? That's just sort of a lead into our formal, just for those keeping score of our question. <laughs> right, right, for all the question police. So uh, I, it's a good question, and my immediate answer directly after watching the film, like if you had asked me in that moment, would have been like, "Yeah, that was terrible. It's just the worst that it, it's the worst it could be. It couldn't be any worse than that was." Now looking back on it, I'm trying to think if I can think of ones that are worse, removing some of the historical stuff because obviously, sure. Um, I don't know. It's pretty. It's a bummer. It's a pretty bummer ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a bummer. I so so what happened in the middle of this? Uh, I was starting to watch, and then I was chatting with a buddy about it, and he's like, well, do you remember how it ends? I'm like, I don't fully remember, but I started to remember some things. Like, I had remembered that there was an incest component to the story, and I knew that the daughter was her daughter. So, like, that that I had known, but I didn't remember all the rest of it, nor specifically that not only does the grandfather get away with it, he actually takes the girl in the end. Yeah, so my memory of this was I remember Faye Dunaway dying. That was like a thing that like I remembered that. I didn't remember all of the circumstances of it per se, but I knew it happened. The incest storyline, by the way, poof, was not in my memory at all. So that little that little nugget came across and I'm like, oh, this is bad. I don't like this. I totally forgot that that was like a main theme. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the, the villain has his day. So what I want you to do is rank this ending with the following uh, also terrible ending movies. 
Okay. All right. So keeping in theme of Chinatown, I threw in there one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Okay. I also have a movie you brought up that I haven't seen, Hachi. Oh, but okay. Okay. Not trying to make you cry here today, JT. Okay. Okay. But I'm taking you to the dark, dark path. I got another kind of twisty movie that gets compared to Chinatown a decent amount. Seven. Yep. Fair. The one with the number in the title. Right. Seven, seven. I don't know if you've seen the following two, but if you haven't, I'm just going to let you know in advance. They're dark. Brazil. Have not seen it. Okay. And Old Boy, the original, not the Spike Lee version. I did see the original Old Boy, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. So... Since we haven't given the spoiler disclaimer on all of those movies, we won't say what happens in their ending. But they're known. They're like, I went googling just to see how my list was doing of like movies with bad endings, and it's like these are all always there. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so Brazil's off the table. Yes, Brazil's off the table. But your job here is to rank these from most. I don't know if I'm going to use the word depressing, just more just most terrible ending to a yeah. story. So one more time, it's Seven, Chinatown, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Hachi, and Old Boy, the original. Okay, so I'm going to, I'll start from five and go up. So Hachi actually is not, a, it, it's, it's very sad, but not depressing. So Hachi's definitely in the bottom. I think I'm going to go... Oh boy, I don't like any of these. <laughs> um, no, there's no good answer here. It's like no. Would you would, do you do you want like apples and barbecue sauce or do you want like chocolate <laughs> with like leaf? I don't know. Yeah, with dirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna go Hachi, Old Boy, One Flew. Oh, I don't know. Oh, man. No, I think I got to change that. Hachi, old boy, I think are definitely 5-4. Then maybe I'm going to go Chinatown. Then maybe I'm going to go 7, then One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, so you have One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as the absolute most terrible ending of, a, of one of these five movies. I mean, they're all kind of 1A. <laughs> Yeah, they can all tie worst ending ever easily. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to consider why it was so bad, right? Was it like, was it purely a shock factor? Did they mail in that it was going to be really bad? Like, and the truth is all of them are pretty, pretty much a bummer. I don't know. Maybe seven needs to slide out. This is a good question. Actually, this might be a top five list at some point. I don't know because this is, this is hard. Uh, but I think I'm going to stick with that. I think I'm going to go One Flew 7, Chinatown, uh, Old Boy, Hachi. All right. Fair, but there, there we have it. I think I put 7 as the overall worst only because, well, again, I'm not. Is 7 spoiler? Yeah. All right. We won't say why. Um, I think I put 7 as the worst. But I, I'm, I actually have Brazil. Uh, I'm sorry. Old Boy really high up i found the old boys ending so maybe maybe it was more on the disturbing than it was terrible so it's just it, if this was the top five disturbing i think old boy might win yeah yeah although again chinatown oh chinatown's too <laughs> <laughs> okay now 
now that we've gotten that out of the way, JT, what I'd love to hear your thoughts on, and we'll do this a little participatory because it's a bit of an on-the-spot kind of thought. How would you remake Chinatown had it never been made? Had it been on the Hollywood blacklist for years and someone greenlights it this year? Who might you put in charge of it? Who might be some of the cast? What would you change about it? But let's say fairly close to the original story. So you can either set it back in the same time frame if you don't want to deal with modernizing the plot. Sure. What kind of stuff might you do with the 2021 edition of Chinatown? All right. So let's cast it first. So uh, shout out to Tammy. Leonardo DiCaprio definitely plays oh, this role. Totally. I think I put for Faye Dunaway's character, I'm going to go with either Kate Hudson or Katherine Heigl. Oh, don't you think they're a little upbeat as actresses? Well, so Katherine Heigl, no. Um, no. She actually, she kind of plays the straight person, even in the comedy she does. She plays like the stick in the mud, sort of like more serious. Kate Hudson, it was more like a physical thing of trying to like think about who looked like Faye Dunaway. So I immediately went physical. Mm. Now thinking about it, yeah, she's probably a little too bubbly and nice. Heigl doesn't have that uh, feel and also not that reputation. So she might be a better choice. What about Emma Stone? The problem is Emma Stone's a cheat code. Because the answer is just always yes. Like if you just, <laughs> like, Emma Stone could do blank, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay, I'd watch it. <laughs> that, that is a fair statement. <laughs> what do you think of, uh, I had another one a moment ago and now I've lost it. For, um, although the part's very small, I thought Carrie Washington is the daughter. Like yeah. visually, like, uh, like a young Diane Ladd, they had same kind of like high cheekbone, that kind of thing. If it wasn't for the fact that they're like roughly the same age, like if you could do like a Kerry Washington, Regina King thing, that would be a lot of fun. Are they roughly the same age? Yeah. Kerry Washington looks young. She's not. Oh, I, because I, you know me, I don't really know a lot. I, I've got to go re do my reading on the younger actors and actresses. Uh, they look totally like Regina King looks matronly, right? She's in her 40s. Right. I know that. And yeah. maybe it's just because I saw her most recently in Watchmen where, where she does not look young in Watchmen at all. No, they were trying to make her not look young in, right. in Watchmen. But Kerry Washington is at least my age. She's 44. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I thought she was like a young up-and-coming actress. I had no idea. She's, wow. No, she's been around for a long good, time. Good for um, you, Kerry. Yeah, good for you. Uh, okay, and then the next only, the only other role that's probably worth really casting would be John Houston's role. And that's a tough one. Um, I got it. Okay. Nicholson. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. That's perfect. Although I, I think, I think you'd probably need someone a bit more. I mean, he's got the vivaciousness to pull it off, but I think, uh, I don't know, maybe a Clint Eastwood, but they're, these guys are actually really old. If you, if you actually look at how old they really are. They're yeah, old. I was going to say Jack Nicholson's like 80 something, something. Um, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, my immediate reaction when you said this was was Christopher Plummer, who uh, that's, you know, just like that was just the first name that came to my head. I don't know why. But again, it's like they're almost like too old. You, you almost need to find somebody who's like middling old. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't seen him in, a, in, a, in anything in the past couple of years, but I could picture a Dustin Hoffman. Another uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that would be fun. He's he's a little too he's too small. He's small. Yeah, he's not menacing. 
Yeah, he's not he's not menacing enough. That would be the only problem. This is interesting. I, yeah, but I think for the most part, I'm going to stick with like. I'm going to. Yeah, I, I, Jack Nicholson's so much fun. I think you just need to make it work because it's because it's fun. As far as like directing goes, um, I, I don't know. It's it's tough because I'm trying to think like there is no modern day Polanski for good reason. <laughs> Uh, I could see, even though because of seven, it's sort of trite. I can see Finchner, like no problem. Um, you need someone who can do a little. I I I don't want to. It's not going to be like like it won't be like a Chris Nolan style because you need no. You, you don't want someone who's going to go all fantastical with it. Who can tell a good dark story? That's what you need. Yeah, it's tough because like I feel like it's hard to find dark stories, non-historically based. Like I'm trying to think of somebody who just does. And again, you kind of already said like Fitchner and Nolan are the two that do dark, both like broody dark. <laughs> I got one. Uh, what about uh, Bong Joon-ho from Parasite? Oh dude. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm in. That's cool. Green light this. That's fun. Cool. Cool. Love it. All right. Moving right along. Question number three. Now I'm going to change the order. All right, here we go. New question number three. Boom. Real time. JT, guess the theme. Okay. Got Tiny it. Town. Yep. Clerks. Okay. Spaceballs. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. I have no. I don't even have an, the. I don't even have a through line right now that's even close to being close. Like, go ahead. And if, if at any point you haven't seen the movie I reference, I could try to sum it out. But I didn't prep that much. <laughs> Best in show. No, I've seen all of these. All right. So I Chinatown is throwing me off on all of this, which is so weird. So now I have to try to think, what is a... That was, that was very deliberate. It was hard to make this list this way, but I, but I did because it's fun. Oh, it's working. It, whatever you did is working because now I'm just trying to think of what does Clerks and like Best in Show have anything? Like why... How are they the same? I don't know. Next one? Yeah. Do the right thing. Oh, my God. It keeps getting weirder, by the way. I'm, like, sad because I feel like I've been getting pretty good at these games, and this one is genuinely stumping me from every angle. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, the last one is hopefully the one that will get you there, but this is the... Second to last one. There's a word for that, I think. Uh, so that would be Pulp Fiction. Okay, so it's got to be something to do with relationship, obviously, right? Like, am I... Is it like... I'm sorry, this game does not involve clues. It just involves movie titles. Okay, fair. That's fair. I deserve that. Um... Other games, you get clues. Not this one. <laughs> I don't know. What's the last one that might help me actually get there? I've now added one more as my, like, I think if you can't get, but here's now the, what was the last one is the new next to last one. Uh, rear window. Didn't see it. I will pass on that then. Uh, the sixth sense was my new last one. Okay. I mean, I've seen the sixth sense. What is, I, dude, I'm so lost, right? Cause there's like, there's no kid. I mean, all I guess there's like relationships in all of them, but the sixth sense is like he's married. I don't know. Is it like an actor? I'm so confused. All right, now I will. This might be the giveaway clue. Then instead of rear window, I'll give you 
Um, Vertigo. I'm, uh, but I'm so lost right now. Have you seen Vertigo? Yeah. So would you like the answer? Yeah, please. This is like, I'm so far inside my own head that I can't climb out now. Uh, movies where the director makes a cameo. Okay, fun story. I don't think that I knew that director made a cameo in a bunch of those. Well, try to tell. So Polanski is the guy with Polanski's the knife. Polanski's in it. his nose. Clerks, yep. it's... Well, Clerks, he's, just in the, he's in the movie, yeah. Spaceballs. You got Mel Brooks. That's right. Best in shows, Christopher Guest, who is the guy with the Basset Hound. Oh, my God. Do the Right Thing. Obviously, Spike Lee's Spike Lee. fairly prominent in that movie. And Pulp Fiction, Tarantino has his little uh, little shtick. And then Hitchcock's in all of those. And then Mr. Shyamalan Ding Dong is in Sixth Sense. I'm not making fun of him. I just like saying that. I don't remember him being in the Sixth Sense, but I'm sure... He is. He's, uh, I, I, I think he's the doctor that they go to. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Okay, that was a great one. That was really good. Yeah, I whiffed on that entirely. That's so funny because I, I really thought you were going to get on, get this on the first clue. And I was like, I feel this is such a fun question. And he's just going to get it and take away all my fun. No, I'm glad that I failed so miserably because I really didn't know. That is a very <laughs> impressive list. I did know Polanski was in this and like I, I had seen that. I was like, oh yeah, cool. There he is. He's weird. Um, and totally didn't put the rest of those together. That was a good one. Uh, I, yeah, stump me. Straight across the board. All right. All right. One point. Uh, so now the score of our overall. So it's it's is it one nothing now? Yeah, sure. Since we've been keeping track of the score, it's now one nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, a good old, a good, a, an oldie but a goodie. Yep. JT, please play, pick one of the following and place them in this movie. Your options yep. include Fave Zane, Baby Quaid, Discount Johnny Depp, Solo Nicole, or Fully Max Cage. So Fully Max Cage and Baby Quaid are immediately out. I don't see anywhere that they could exist. Fully Max Cage is too Max Cage for any role in this. I think. You think you think young Dennis Quaid could have pulled off uh, Nicholson's part? No, I don't either. I'm just curious. I, I, like he's a good actor. I just don't think he's right for this kind of role. He wasn't developed enough as Baby Quaid. As middle aged Quaid, he might have had a shot. Baby Quaid wasn't. He, he didn't have the the cool factor yet. He just had the edge factor, but not the cool. Because there's a certain cool to this role for sure. Um, I don't think I could see Discount John- Discount Johnny Depp could have played any of the random other. Actually, Discount Johnny Depp could have been like the good that cop that like he was friends with that came that like was in like two scenes or whatever. Mm. Um, could have been interesting. Oh man, I think I can't believe this. I think actually the answer is Solo Nicole as Dunaway. Absolutely, I thought of that from the start. I actually think it would be a gr- like. In the reboot, although she's now a little too old for, for how old Faye Dunaway was in the movie, sure. um, if they had rebooted it maybe 10 or so years ago, I think she would have been the perfect point in her career to absolutely crush it. Yeah, because there is a certain, like, you know, Evelyn's sort of like, she's weird and, like, not necessarily approachable and kind of cold. It's like all the things that Nicole Kidman is very, 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 very good at. She actually has no chemistry with Nicholson, right? Like None. It it's th- everything about their experience together is interestingly done, and I think Nicole actually has the right 
she might have actually been better as a more cold version of uh, of the character. Yeah, I think you could argue that like Nicole Kidman at her most solo Nicole would have been better than Dunaway was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about Faye Dunaway's role in this just a little bit? Yeah, I think we could give it a minute of airtime. Like, did you think she was particularly good in this? Because a lot of people think she is. I So I think so. And I'll give you my... And and I I'm guessing I, I know that there's been some criticism. I I know you didn't love her in it. I thought about it more and more and started to appreciate her performance more and more as I've thought about it. Because the character, it's basically like her descent, right? Like this is the mm-hmm. art, like as she opens up and you start to understand, if you watch that performance and you recognize like how polished she starts the movie as basically this like cold debutante, what, I don't know what rich lady, you know, you don't really know much about her. Right. She's perfect at it. And then she starts to crack and her performance reveals someone starting to crack and then fundamentally shattering herself by the end of it. I actually loved it. When that part where Nicholson's sort of smacking her around a bit, like to get the truth out of her, she's just like this broken woman. And I, I, again, I am no actor, but I think that pulling off a performance like that is probably pretty challenging. And she sold it in my eyes very, very well. Like, I think we don't like her performance because she's such a broken character. You know what I mean? I think that's interesting. So one quick trivia fact, do you know anything about that scene where he hits her? Did you read about that at all? I did not. So after like multiple takes of it not looking right, Dunaway was super annoyed and super annoyed and went to Nicholson and said, "Hit me." And so he actually hit her, and that's the scene that made it into the film. That's that's the take. That's the take. So here's the thing: I agree with you. I, I think your point is well made, and I don't, I, I don't disagree. My only thing is that she was so good in the beginning. I think as she unfolded, I almost think she unfolded a little too hard. Mm. That that would be my only criticism. Is like. Yes, you are broken. I appreciate that you're broken. Broken is hard to play. And I it felt like someone acting broken as, as opposed to someone actually breaking. And to be clear, she is acting. So that's fair. Right. <laughs> but I think, you know, look, we're spoiled, right? I mean, this was a harder movie to act in when it was released in 74 than it would be now, because now there's like a breadth of all these different performances and people have done different things and acting has taken its own turn. So I think for a moment in time, it was a very good performance. I don't think it holds up to stuff that you could see today because I think people have gotten better at portraying breaking without acting it out so aggressively. That's fair. In uh, 1975, by the way, so the movie was up for 11 awards. She was up for best actress lost it to Ellen Burstyn in uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore, which I've actually never seen. I, I I just recently put it on my, how have I not seen this movie? Got to put it on my list. Have you ever seen it? No, it's funny enough. It's I was talking to you before the podcast about a list of movies I had put together of things that I just like need to either see again or see for the first time. And that one is like towards the top of the list. Very nice. It's also interesting. Diane Ladd is in that as she was in this. That's right. So there, there you have it. All right, let's move on to our fifth and final question. This will really test your uh, test your skills in a totally different way. Oh, great. Are you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> now are you ready? 
Yes. Okay. I wanted to give you that extra moment. So the movie, the script was written by Robert Town. He has 37 writing credits to his name, which is pretty decent, right? Not like, not like an actor with over 400 performances that you might never have heard of his name, but it's a lot of writing. Yeah. And you know me in the number 37. It's a number I like a lot, and I have a whole thing about it. Okay. So Robert Town has written many movies. You have heard of many of his movies. Okay. I'm going to give you six movies spaced across his career from 1967 through the year 2000. I'm going to give you two options for each of the years I've picked, and you have to guess which one he wrote and which one he didn't. Okay. And I'm just going to tell you, first of all, if you get this all right, you either, like, you could just guess him right. But as you'll hear from some of the titles, you'll be shocked at some of the stuff he wrote. Okay. Because he wrote Chinatown. Right. Okay. Um, so let's go on into it. 1967. Did he write Cool Hand Luke or Bonnie and Clyde? Ooh, Cool Hand Luke. Incorrect. He wrote Bonnie oh. and Clyde, which is, uh, by the way, where he and Faye Dunaway first worked together and what brought her to this movie. Because her part was actually written with her in mind. Okay. All right. Oh, for one. In 1978, did Mr. Town write Heaven Can Wait or Days of Heaven? Uh, I've heard of Heaven Can Wait and have not heard of Days of Heaven. So I'm going to guess Days of Heaven? He wrote Heaven Can Wait. Okay. Oh, for two. Not a good day for me. Not, not a, a good, good day. day. 1983. Did Mr. Town write Deal of the Century or Risky Business? I've never heard of Deal of the Century, which means I'm going to say Risky Business, and you're going to tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. He wrote Deal of the Century, which, if you were to go take a quick look at, was a complete failure. It it should have been like another Spies Like Us and and Stripes and one of those because of the cast. Um, Instead, it has, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 43 on Metacritic. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. Uh, oh, no, it's a 4.7 IMDb with Chevy Chase, Sigourney Weaver, and Gregory Hines. Uh, okay, good cast, but still never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good movie. 1990, Little Baby JT. Didn't yeah. see either of these in the theater, but I'm sure you've seen them both. He did, in fact, write one of Ghost or Days of Thunder. Okay, so let's see. No, I can't find any orienting factor to try to figure this out. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with Ghost. Days of Thunder it is. Great. But, uh, I'm having a great time. What, what's so interesting about this, like Chinatown, Bonnie and Clyde, Heaven Can Wait, award-winning films, Deal of the Century, one of the worst comedies of the 80s. Uh, Days of Thunder is Days of Thunder. Moving us to 1993. Did he write The Fugitive or The Firm? Firm. Correct. Finally. One out of five. And finally, fast forwarding to the year 2000, where he definitively wrote either Billy Elliot or Mission Impossible 2. Hmm. So he didn't write Risky Business, but he did did write Days of Thunder. So I'm wondering if That's I can correct. ride the Tom Cruise train 
and say maybe that's why he got to write Mission Impossible 2. Although Billy Elliot seems so ridiculous that it's the more fun answer, and I don't care if it's right, I'm picking Billy Elliot. Should have gone with your gut. Mission Impossible 2 was the correct answer. He actually also wrote the first. Yeah, I got to be honest. Listen, once we got to 0 for 3, I kind of wanted to strike out. <laughs> Isn't it a crazy? So, so these were the six that he did write. Bonnie and Clyde, Heaven Can Wait, Deal of the Century, Days of Thunder, The Firm, and Mission Impossible 2. How up and down the spectrum are we with this guy? That's a very, very weird career. But also, he had a career the whole time, so good on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting thing, if you think about the Days of Thunder to Mission Impo- to The Firm, to Mission Impossible, to MI2, he was Tom Cruise's guy for a little while. Before Cruz now is hooked up with Chris McQuarrie as his go-to writer. Chris yeah. But I, what a fascinating career. Like, over those 40 years, like, seriously, it's a pretty cool list. Yeah, I'd love to, like, I actually don't know. I know a lot. No, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know a lot about what he's worth. I know who he is. Um, so, yeah, this is interesting. I'd love to know more about why he made those choices. I might go on a YouTube <laughs> deep dive and be like, hey, did anybody ever ask you what was going on in your brain during all this? Because... That is a really strong ping pong match of movie types. And I had some fun. Like what I had to do for each one is try to guess what would actually make it puzzling. Right. So I did not set out to make you look bad, JT, but I do appreciate that this was a very hard quiz. Yeah. The good news, Jared, is you don't have to set out to make me look bad. I'll do it all by myself. (laughs) I need no help. (laughs) Well, what's funny is after I looked back at it and I tried to guess like how I would have done I think I would have gotten two right was kind of where I where I felt the only two of those really felt like Bonnie and Clyde. I think I would have guessed only because of the Faye Dunaway connection. But after that, it probably would have been all the way up to the firm before I guessed him again. Yeah, listen, the fir- it was 50 50 for me on every one of those except the firm. <laughs> it was the only one. <laughs> uh, OK, well, that means, Jeremy, we are down to the final question, which is my question for you. On a scale of anger management to a few good men, what is Chinatown? <laughs> oh, I love that scale. <laughs> anger management to a few good men. Ooh, uh, let me think here. I think it's a... Is it... For a second, I was going with it to something's got to give, but it's not. And yeah, I think, I think I'm good with this. I think my answer is Batman. Great answer. That's a great answer. Absolutely love that. Well, as always, thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, Hey, listen, you know what? You should probably rate the podcast while you're here. You know what? Just like leave a little five-star review or a four-star review, but probably a five-star review because, you know, we're having a lot of fun. And uh, for every question I got wrong, you should give us one star. So that's five stars. Way to lean into that, JT. Nicely done. Yeah, we'll see you next time on the Lo-Fi Top 5. Now the time has come for leaving fear. Now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we gotta run. Well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass. You can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh. Yeah, we'll have ourselves a laugh. We'll meet again.